Thanks for tuning in to the All Things Melanin Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like this week's episode, and share with a friend. Now let's get into this week's episode. Hi, I'm Shelby. And I'm Erica. And welcome to the All Things Melanin Podcast, where your certified hype women are getting you through the week. Be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss an update. Erica. Hey, Shelby. What's good? What's happening? What's popping? How you feeling? Girl, I might. But I do have something to tell you. <laughs> okay, girl. Give me something because your girl has been doing nothing. Well, I've pretty much been inside since like last month. But last weekend, uh, my best friend asked me to meet her for happy hour. We had sushi at this really bomb restaurant. And we sat on the patio. It was nice. Uh, it wasn't too crowded or anything. But, you know, we still have to wear our masks because we're still in a whole pandemic. Right. So. It's been a while since I've been out for people to, like, try to come up and talk to me. But this man came up and tried to talk to me, and I had my mask on. Sir, you don't even know what I look like under here. I could be jacked under here. I got my whole front row missing. But he was from New Orleans. Now, I love New Orleans. Shout out to any listeners that's from New Orleans or live in New Orleans. So he had that real thick accent. Right. And after every, like, two to three words, he talking about something. You heard me. You heard me. You heard me. <laughs> I'm like, is uh, No Living Soldiers talking about that? I don't know. I'm, I'm but... the American. Not No Living <laughs> So he's literally, this is one thing I can't stand. First of all, like I said, I'm not used to somebody coming up to me with a whole pandemic. Are we, are people still dating in the pandemic? I don't know. But he comes up and he's like, I'm I'm being nice. I'm not being, you know, rude or anything. But he doesn't get the hint to like, okay, let us finish eating. Like, okay, bye. Now he literally stands there and talks with us for like 15, 20 minutes. And the whole time he's, he, didn't, he never asked, you know, what my name was or anything. So I literally said, I was like, uh, so do you know my name? And he was like, uh, it don't even matter. You heard me. I'm gonna call you Belle. I'm no. like, Belle. I said, what is Belle? And he was like, it mean beauty. You heard me. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, but I have a mask on. I don't understand how you think I'm Belle. But and then he asked me, uh, was this my real hair? Guys, do not ask a woman that. That is so rude. I don't care if that's her real baby hair, it's her fake baby hairs. I don't care if that's her real 30 inch or her fake 30 inch. Do not ask. A woman, if her hair is real, it's so rude. It's so rude, girl. So I don't know. It just threw me off because I was like, and he he asked for my number, and I told him I was like, no, I'm not really in that space yet, you know, whatever. Right. And then he still was like, man, for real, you rejecting me, sir? Please get on about your business. Thank you. (laughs) I was like. People, dudes don't care. You got a mask on. I could have a whole trash bag over my head. I guess he was still going to come over there and see what's up. And you want to know, for me, it's just like a lot of men don't have adequate. Like, they don't have, like, approach me adequate. Like, how about you ask me what my name is? Because baby girl, shawty, A, anything (laughs) besides my name is not going to work for me. That worked on LaQuisha. It's not going to work on me, okay? That's not it. Ask me Mm -mm. what my name is. Don't assume that I want you. Right. Like, don't assume. And it's crazy because, like, I've been seeing, like, a lot of domestic violence stories lately. I know this is random, but I've just been seeing, like, so many, like, domestic violence cases and, like, just, like, cases where men don't accept rejection. And some women don't either. But, like, I don't know. It's just, it's just always weird to me 
like when you try to be nice to a guy and you're like hey you know thanks but no thanks or hey what's my name or you mm-hmm. know just you try to give them feedback or you try to like fly away for them a little bit and they just don't get it like I, I will never understand it I know I never know how to like not to not get them to leave me alone but like I just never know how to get them to leave me alone because right. I don't want to be rude because you never know like and like I said he's talking about you heard me you heard me I didn't know the 504 boys cash money click was gonna come out I didn't know Erica, so I'm on the floor. we are we're we're not even five minutes in here you done called our no limits the 504 boys who else is coming out Erica in the pre maybe ju- juvenile I don't know Manny Fresh I don't know so I wasn't trying to have those problems, but yeah, I was just like, it was just different because I was like, people still out here trying to date in the pandemic. I like, I don't know. When y'all figured out, can you let me know how? I'm asking for myself. I'm not even asking for a friend. I would like to know how to go about this in a safe manner, if possible. Girl, I don't know either. I don't know. So let's get into our first segment of the show, which is dating and relationships. So Let's talk about healing and overcoming heartbreak. So how, I know, how do you start over and not be resentful from past relationships? One thing I hate, I mean, I'm sure nobody likes it, is I hate heartbreak. Heartbreak. I hate, like, having my heart broken. Like, I feel like I'm one of those people that I really do give it my all and I try and, like, I try to make it work. So I feel like when relationships don't work, I get like, I get really devastated and I get like really down on myself because I feel like just me in general, I feel like I always like blame myself or wonder what I could have did different or wonder what I could have did better. I feel like it's just essentially, you know, feeling rejected, especially if that person goes on to be with someone else and they give that person everything that you try to give them to give you. But that's a different story. But, like, that, I don't know, I feel like, to me, that contributes to my healing and overcoming heartbreak. I think, for me, what I've learned um, in dealing with heartbreak and overcoming it, I've learned, for me, I have to have a season where I don't talk or date anybody. Like, I'm not one of those people that just jumps from relationship to relationship, and I've never been one of those people to just entertain people or to just talk to people. That's not my style. For me, how I kind of deal with it is, first and foremost, like, I, first and foremost, I make sure that it is over and that it is sealed, signed, and delivered. Like, we ain't going back to that. That's the first step for me. The second step for me is that I allow myself to feel exactly how I'm feeling. Like, if I'm angry, I'm finna punch some pillows. If I want to cry, I'm finna boohoo and snot. Like, I allow myself to feel how I want to feel and I deal with those feelings you know what I mean like I think I don't I've learned not to suppress those feelings because I feel like when I suppress feelings or I try to hide feelings or I try to say Shelby you shouldn't feel like this or you shouldn't express this like I get all this bottled up emotion that's resentful so when he pop up on my social media I'm mad Shelby why are you Mm -hmm. mad you know right so I've learned that I have to allow myself to feel like I give myself I'm not gonna lie I give myself a certain amount of time to be sad I give myself a certain amount of time to be emotional. But when that time is up, I try my best to wipe my tears, to dust myself up, and to, like, you know, do the work, you know, to overcome. Another thing that I feel like I do when I get over heartbreak 
is I talk to somebody that I really, really trust. And when I say that, it's not even somebody that gives good advice, but it's somebody that's a good listener and that's empathetic. Like mm-hmm. when I'm overcoming heartbreak, I need I need a certain type of friend. I don't need like because it's really not my style to bash a man. Like even if he does like horrible things or we end on a bad note, it's really not my personality to bash a man. Like I just don't ever want to be one of those women. But right. I feel like for me, I've just learned that I have to talk it out with somebody that I trust, somebody that I value, somebody that really knows who I am as a person in my character. That way I can be open and expressing how I'm feeling, what I feel like went wrong, and you know, maybe even divulging some things that I did not share with him. I feel like once I talk it out, that makes me feel better. I also journal about it and sometimes depending on what it is, like if they gave me something, I'll either give it away or throw it away because I have to get rid of the spirits that it was carrying. I don't want Mm -hmm. it in my space. But then I think for me, after I do all those things, I think it really just comes down to allowing myself time to get over it, you know, allowing myself time to think through it, to cry through it, to persevere through it. And I think the way that you overcome heartbreak and the way for me that I've overcome, you know, feeling sad about when things didn't work out is I had to learn how to deal with it and work through it. What about you? I think that's so true for me as well. And and because healing, first of all, is so necessary. Like you were saying, you're not the type of person to just jump from relationship to relationship. I'm not either. And I think the healthiest way is to not do that because so many of us, we just try to fill a void with other people right. instead of really facing the hurt and the pain. Nobody wants to face that. That like me and Shelby will have like our, you know, offline conversations. And I I remember telling you, Shelby, like, you can't be scared to be in a relationship because heartbreak is the risk that you're going to take. Like, period. Somebody going to disappoint you at some point. But that I mean, you can't be afraid of heartbreak because that's like the risk in being in a relationship with someone. But I feel like um, I just want anyone who's actually going through this right now, just know that it's necessary for you to heal and that you will overcome it. Um, And then take your time to overcome it. Don't feel like you got to be over this man next week. Like take all the time that you need. And there may be one day where you're just feeling great. You feeling like, yeah, I'm back. And then the next day you may just be missing that person, sad. And that's okay because, Healing is not just like a, a linear thing. It's, it's ups and it's down and it's up and it's down. So I think just allow yourself, like you said, Shelby, to feel the emotions. Allow yourself to um, go be up and down if you need to. One thing that somebody gave me advice about was, number one, if you feel like you don't really have anybody to talk to or to get advice from, um, think about how... Like, what advice would you tell your friend who's going through that? Because sometimes we can't see any, can't see it because we're in it. And so when you're in the outside looking in, a lot of people can see it. So like, what would you tell your friend that's going through this? And then maybe write that down, like write a letter to your friend, but you're really writing it to yourself. Does that make sense? That's really good. I'm going to try that next time. Hopefully there's Yeah. If there is, I'm going to try it. 
Or they were uh, another piece of advice was like, write a letter to that person that hurt you, but actually don't send the letter, but just write it out. Because honestly, writing it out, it'll just, it it does, it is a way, it is therapeutic in my right. opinion. Just writing, because you're not bottling it in, you're writing it down. It don't matter if it's just one page, you got 30 pages, like write it down, get it out. Um, also, the, to me, the first step to like, healing and overcoming and starting over is to first you have to accept what has happened because a lot of us don't even want to accept what has happened like we still don't believe it we still in shock we still you know like why did you do this to me like first once you've accepted the heartbreak or the breakup that's when you can start healing because if you are in denial about the whole thing you ain't gonna start no type of healing right um let's see what else um then also, once you get, like, to the other side of healing, it's always good to, like, reflect on the lesson. Because there's always a lesson. There's a- I'm not saying sit up here and, and worry about what you did wrong. But I'm just saying right. reflect on, like, what, what it is that you want going forward and what it is that you don't want going forward. Because there's always some sort of lesson in it. Um, yeah. And that's what I would say about um overcoming it. Yeah. I just think it's really important that... And we both hit on it. I think it's just really important when you're healing and that you're overcoming heartbreak is that you don't keep it bottled up inside. I think that is the most unhealthy thing that you can do. And I think that's where you develop potentially toxic traits and mm-hmm. within yourself. And I feel like that's how you self-sabotage other relationships before you even get into a new one. So I think that it's really important, you know, when you're working through this process at some point to express yourself and to get all those feelings out. Um, And I know that can be hard sometimes because I feel like sometimes, you know, as women or as women and particularly black women, we're taught to suck it up and move on, to suck it up and deal with it because we because we're strong. I hate I, I literally hate when people say that you can ask Erica. I hate it. I yeah. I literally hate when people say Shelby, you're so strong. Shut up, that's dumb. Right? Because <laughs> and I say that to say like because you can be strong, but that doesn't mean that you don't have feelings. That doesn't mean that you don't have emotions. That doesn't mean that you don't want to cry. That doesn't mean that you don't want to hug. That doesn't mean that you don't right. need a friend. And I think people equate being strong to overcoming things because they don't know how to comfort someone and to be empathetic to someone sorry that was a whole different rant for a whole different day but no it's fact um and that's just what I found like so 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 basically don't ever say that to me it bothers me anyway um (laughs) but I just really think that it's really important to express how you feel and I think that you have to make sure that you're in a safe environment to do that um, I feel like yeah. you have to be make sure you're in a secure environment to do that, whether and you do that by yourself or you do that with somebody that you can trust and lean on. Um, I think that a lot of times when we don't express ourselves or we don't let our emotions out through the various outlets that we share, then it then it cripples you um, going forward. That it distorts your view on relationships. It distorts your review your view on men. And it just distorts how you go forward. Um, yeah. And it causes unhealthy situations and relationships. And it sets unrealized expectations going forward. But it also causes you to carry baggage. 
And don't get me yeah. wrong, me and Eric have said this a lot, especially offline, just talking to each other, that everybody has baggage. Yeah. But I think that you have a choice in how much baggage you carry around with you. Yeah. And I think you have to make sure that obviously nothing's going to be perfect, but I think that you have to work to be the best and healthiest version of yourself. And I feel like you have to do with you have to do the work in healing. Like yeah. healing is not a stationary thing or a yeah. stagnant thing. Healing is work. Overcoming heartbreak is work. Being a better person for the next person that you're with is work. Like you have to be willing to do the inner work to come out on top, to be the best version of yourself for yourself and to be the best version of yourself for your future partner. Yeah, and I think it's so hard to, like, rebuild yourself after a breakup, you know? Like, you want to always believe that you deserve better, you deserve the best. And, you know, when you go through heartbreaks, your friends may be like, oh, my gosh, girl, you don't deserve that. You deserve the world. You deserve better. But we get so caught up in what we thought the situation was or what we thought this man was like. And so, of course, we we know that, like, we deserve better. But when you're still in it, you can't see that. So... Another thing, like you made great points about moving forward, Shelby, because if you think about it, whenever you get through your healing process and you're ready to meet somebody new, you have to be emotionally available for that person. You can't just be out here like, "Mm, well, I don't know what you're doing because my last dude. No, you don't have time to approach that, uh, come into something with that energy. You have to be emotionally available. And that includes you letting go of, the baggage and the heartbreak and stuff from the past because if you don't you are running the risk of missing out on a really good connection with somebody right so I agree yes so um let's move on to our next segment for the day which is the journey so this is where Shelby and I talk about our journey to building all things melanin or something business related so um let's talk about imposter syndrome Shelby so as we're building our brand have you ever experienced imposter syndrome if so how do you overcome it um for sure I think just definitely in our brand and in corporate America I feel like I have experienced imposter syndrome and for those that don't know imposter syndrome is basically when you are unable to internalize your accomplishments, your accomplishments, or you downgrade yourself, or you don't think that you have the knowledge or smarts to be on the room or to be on a panel or to be whatever, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think definitely that I have experienced imposter syndrome. I think especially with our brand um, being, I can I still consider our, ba- our brand to be a baby. Mm-hmm. I think definitely with being our brand being a baby, we have had to figure out a lot of things on our own. Obviously, you know, we've had some help. We've had some encouragement. We've been given some resources. But all in all, we have had to do everything by ourselves. And so I definitely think sometimes when, you know, we've been on panels or even me and Erica coming up, we have a, um, a podcast panel that we are going to be a part of. Um, I, I didn't even tell you this. I was just kind of going through the resources and seeing and looking up some of the people, you know, that are going to be presenting and that are going to be a part of it. And I found myself feeling like an imposter, you know, like feeling like, 
how are we going to stack up to them? How are our congenitals going to stack up to them? How are we going to do good? Do we deserve to do this? Are we equipped to do this? Do we have the tools? Do we have the skill set? Do we have what it takes, you know, to Mm -hmm. teach our course and different things like that? And I was like, Shelby, first and foremost, like, yes, y'all do. Because if you didn't, then you wouldn't have been able to be on the panel. You wouldn't have, you all would not have gotten invited to be guests to be on the panel, to share your, you know, your intelligence and what you bring to the table. And I think it's so easy to fall into imposter syndrome because I feel like especially when you're starting something new or you're the first of your kind or you're the first in the room or you're building a table that nobody has ever built before or you're in this weird, uncomfortable space and you don't know what to do or nobody has laid the groundwork for you. I think it's really easy to become a victim of imposter syndrome. But I think what you have to do is remind yourself is that if you have gotten into whatever room you're trying to get into, if you have built whatever table you're trying to build, if you have gotten on that panel, if you have gotten that guest, if you have gotten that backing or that funding, you have to remind yourself that I deserve to be in the room because if I didn't deserve to be in the room, then I would not have got the opportunity to be in the room. What do you think? Yeah, that's great. Um, I just have a short thing to add. Um, I struggle with this in my personal life too, so it just spills over to our brand. <laughs> but um, but I remember seeing this quote that said, like, while you're doubting yourself, somebody is inspired by you. Right. So if we always talk about Shelby how like what we're doing is bigger than us then we have to like get out of our heads about it we just have to stop internalizing stuff so and it's hard to do that because like you said we we feel like we're we're kind of newbies we ain't we don't have as much credentials as maybe the next person but everybody was once a beginner right so it's like we didn't just come out the the womb and like knowing everything And so I think it's always just a battle because it can be very intimidating when you feel like you don't know as much or, you know, whatever. But that's really just all in our head, I feel like. And we have had accomplishments um, thus far. And that goes back to us always saying that we need to, like, celebrate our small wins, small quote unquote wins, because if we don't, then that's how you're going to always be in this battle of like imposter syndrome where you just, you don't, like you, you've accomplished things, but you don't feel like it's enough because of the next person. Right. And I think that's unfair because honestly, if God put you in that place, you in that place for a reason, right. period. Right. So that's, that's the bottom line. But <laughs> I just think that um, when you are building something, it's always bigger than you and that you're there to inspire the next person because let's say that we have these opportunities. What are you going to do? Turn them down because you don't feel like you're up to par. You're not, you know, there. Like I say, seize the opportunity. We may do, we may go in there scared, knees shaking, but we're going to put on our best suits and we're going to do it. Yeah. You know, because we believe in what we're doing. And that's really just the journey of all of this is learning to fight through like those intimidating times and overcome it because, Honestly, if we if we have this idea of what our pinnacle of success is, it's going to continue to be intimidating the higher that we go. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I would just say just just remember that it's bigger than you. So when it's bigger than you, you're there for a reason. 
period. So. I agree, friend. Okay. Well, with that being said, <laughs> now let's get into our guest segment, Dreams and Connections. This segment is catered to our go-getters going after their dreams and killing it in their industry. Today, we want to introduce to you Francesca Felder, also best known as Editor-in-Chief of Swagger Magazine. Okay, so Francesca Fancy Felder is a quiet Southern media mogul in the making. In 2010, she launched Swagger Magazine, an empowerment and lifestyle publication for the progressive Black community. Fancy's passion for all things creative, combined with her love for writing, Black culture, and business, guided her to also offer her public relations, creative, and branding services making the magazine more of a media boutique, having its own subscription clients as well as advertisers, hence why the name changed to Swagger Magazine and Media. Ready to step more into her power and use her literal voice, Fancy and the then magazine manager, Anya Kim Davis, launched Theories and Thoughts podcast in the fall of 2019. The two host guests of various backgrounds and industries, though often centered on mental health, for deep, thought-provoking, and transparent conversations. Witness the black girl magic that happens when women, and sometimes men, come together and share. The magazine also produces other business and lifestyle live video segments under its brand. So before we get started, Fancy, I have to ask you, what's good, what's new, what's popping, what's happening? How are you feeling today? Uh, greetings. I'm feeling good. Um, well, what's new? It's like, really, we've just... um. We've just had a, a really good season or we're in the midst of a really good season. So it's a lot of things that's new, but it's just a, a lot to uh, take in as, as well. <laughs> that That's great. So let's go ahead and get right into it. So um, Fancy, at what moment did you realize in the very beginning that you wanted or you needed to step out on faith and go for your dreams of launching your own magazine and then stepping into the podcast world as well. Oh, wow. Um, so it's actually been like a 10-year gap in between that, but I always wanted to podcast. I can't say that. Um, initially, though, I was more so just kind of, I knew I wanted to start a business and I wanted it to be something that that I could like have a lot of flexibility. You know, I'm a writer, yeah. but also I love event planning and so on. So I was really just having a really, I was in a bad place in life. I can't even lie. And I was actually in the car and I was talking to the woman that is kind of like a mentor to me. And I was crying because I was a part of this um, kind of like a, what do you call it? Uh, MLM sort of thing in a way. Oh, yeah. And like I had a check to bounce and I was on the phone just like really breaking down. And she was like, well, what do you want to do? And I was just, it just hit me. Like I want to own a magazine because I was only doing that, like hoping that it would kind of position me more um, into another business, but I wasn't certain at the time what that would be. But that's basically how I started. I said, I wanted to do that. And she was like, well, do it then. And I, um, I had, I hadn't ever really worked with an official magazine, but I had uh, worked with another magazine a little bit. It was kind of an online thing, but they weren't really consistent. So I only like did one assignment with them. And so just from that, though, I knew I could interview people, you know, and it right. just kind of stemmed from there. That's like super, super cool, because I think it takes me and Erica talk about this so much. It takes like so much to just really like step out on faith and do something like especially, you know, when you may not be in a good place or, or things like that. So in sharing that, like, 
what has been one of the most rewarding moments um, that you think that you've had so far in your journey? Well, and look now, normally I would, I think it has been, and I guess to some people, well, no, I know what it is in exact. It's actually because um, I have experienced homelessness several times while publishing a magazine. So I think the most rewarding thing was um, once we got to this season of stability, like, and really seeing it, you know, like when I could finally rest and not have to worry, am I going to be able to pay this? Or, you know, am I going to be sacrificing this uh, personal for something that's business-wise? Because I, I've, I've always just, felt like as long as I kept at it that, you know, we finally break through some kind of way. Right. Right. And so I think that's so important what you said, because a lot of people are afraid to maybe step out of their comfort zone from maybe their like nine to five job, their security to going to something that they're not sure where the money's going to come from the next moment. And I know that especially as black women, we have so much talent, just being creative, being bosses, being entrepreneurs. So but a lot of us aren't stepping out like that. So for many women who are, I guess you could say, sitting on their talent, um, what advice, Fancy, would you give them about moving towards that goal or that dream? Um, I would definitely have to say to not rush it. Like nothing happens overnight. It's very rare that people actually experience overnight success, you know, even mm -hmm. in this day and age with people going viral, but also be preparing for it, you know, be thankful for where you're at in life, but also be preparing for what's coming next. And I think that that's something that's oftentimes hard to do when you're in a situation, but also just want to circle back for a second too, because you talked about stepping out and I've had to step out on faith like several times in business, but um, actually when I did quit my last job, like I was stepping out on faith. I just knew hey, God had me and it was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> everything <laughs> went wrong. Like even I had already been just preparing, you know, like thanking God for this job. And at the same time, preparing it for someone else, uh, praying that someone else will be blessed with it. Cause I knew that it was a good job, but at the same time, like two weeks before I left the job. I ended up going into the hospital for a week. I had never experienced anything like that. And then a week after coming back from the job, it was like one day my boss was telling me that he needs me to, um, I had kind of noticed when I came back that he had been stressed, you know? So he was telling me that we were going to have to let one of the, uh, one of the texts go. And then I was already like kind of feeling bad about that. But then he came in the next day and was like, Hey, I'm actually going to have to let you go. So, wow. I and I had just moved into an apartment <laughs> right in the midst. Right. Like I left the hospital and began moving into my apartment. So imagine, you know, and really it got very bad before it got worse. But when it got good, you know, it was good. And I realized like that was really a season to humble me in a lot of ways. And I just I learned so much about gratitude. Like I thought I knew about being grateful, but I learned so much in that time. Thank you so what? much for sharing that, because I think so many times, you know, people always tell their success story, but they never tell, you know, the grind that went into it, the losses that went into it. And, you know, a lot of the things, you know, that you had to overcome, you know, to get where you are now. So thank you for sharing that. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of things that you had to deal with and losing your job and, you know, facing homelessness and, you know, other things. What do you think... Um, was there a lesson that you took from that that you think, you know, helped you on your journey? 
Oh, several. But I really learned my own strength. Like, yeah. you know, what I could really accomplish if I knew that I I solely had to depend on myself, you know, because I realized I had a habit of kind of attaching myself to people, oftentimes not the right people, people that were hindering me from my dreams or, you know, somebody might come along even with a business opportunity and they'll be like, yeah, you know, and um, you can help out and be a part of this and, you know, I give you a cut and that type of stuff never worked out for me, but I'd be done wasted so much energy and time into it, you know, put so much time and energy into it. And then so to like really see what I could accomplish if I just focused on me, you know, and what I had in mind. And also, um, again, I mentioned that about the gratitude because that was a major thing. But also I just kind of like learn how to interact with people at, at the same time. Like um, it it made it taught me a whole nother sense of compassion, I guess, in a sense. So one thing I always do is like I always a lot of people say um, you know, or they see what you have going on or they hear whatever it might be, but they're not really taking, they're not practicing empathy. You know, they might sympathize with you, but they don't empathize. They're not really placing themselves in your shoes. And I really learned how to do that because I know how desperately I wanted someone to do that for me, you know, and, and I learned that no one is going to rescue you. You know, you have to save yourself. So. Right. And that's a great point because a lot of times when you're stepping out into maybe a new territory, everything is unknown, it feels like. Like you just don't know what you don't know, right? And that could be very intimidating when you're trying to, you know, be on this journey to being an entrepreneur. Like there's really no blueprint to anything. Like you make your own way, you make your own blueprint, you make your own sauce. Nobody has the recipe to give to you, right? So um before you begin like your journey, um, what's something you know now that you wish that you knew prior to launching your brand? Um, <laughs> I would have to say kind of, again, like that you you can't rush it. Like you could spend hours and, and days or weeks just staying up on end. But if that's not your time, then it's not your time. So for a really long time, I used to sit and I used to watch so many people because there are so many people, and I'm not trying to say this in like a braggadocious way, but I don't think a lot of people realize how how many people that Swagger has featured before they became who they are today, you know, or how they're known today. And for the longest, I used to just wish someone would reach back for me. And at the same time, I also had to look at like, maybe I wasn't in a position if they had reached back, what would I really have done? Because I definitely didn't have any of the wisdom that I have now, you know, or mm-hmm. even the gratitude that I have now. So I could have ruined even, you know, further ruined relationships had I just went on ahead, you know, someone thought of me and then I tried to move too quickly. But there is no real time frame on things. Mm-hmm. Right. I agree with that 100%. Because a lot of us get intimidated by like what we see on social media, like, oh, I should be doing this. I should be here. But sometimes that's not the reality and that's okay. Right. Yeah, definitely, definitely agree. So you told us a lot about, you know, your journey and, you know, how you got here and a lot of things that you had to overcome and different things like that. So just for those who don't know, um, tell them a little bit more about um, Swagger Magazine and also about your um, affiliate program that you have. Okay. So Swagger Magazine is an empowerment and lifestyle publication. Um, We publish some of everything from business to, of course, lifestyle content. But we 
I don't think oftentimes people understand that we have Swagger Online and then we have the magazine, which is actually in print. We started printing in um, in 2014, whereas the magazine itself started in 2010. So from there, um, in 2016, initially it was always for women, for Black women. But in 2016, with the deaths of Alton Sterling and Philando Castile, like it was like really eye opening for me um, as a black woman, and I really wanted to try to do more for black men, you know. So wow. we began to include content for black men as well, and so now you know it's I guess you kind of say unisex. That's also we began to like rebrand with our colors and things like that. But um, we also offer creative services like public relations, branding, and marketing on the side. So whereas, you know, a lot of the times people might think a magazine, you're just going to pay for an ad or a few months worth of advertisement. We actually have clients that stay with us for a year and we work with them not only, you know, just on advertising their business or promoting their business, but also helping them to grow their brand. You know, we set them up with press interviews and bookings, um, guest submissions, like whereas, you know, uh, written guest submissions, kind of like me ghostwriting, anything multimedia, that's kind of our thing. I just I recycle a lot, but also create a lot. And and then, if, and I say I, but I do have a team. <laughs> I guess I should mention them. <laughs> Goodness, let me not forget. So um, there is Jermel, who's our VP of marketing. He's been with me like eight or nine years. And I think that right there, I know we talked about uh, just the moment of, I think maybe you all said, what was it like my most successful moment or like a good moment though. Mm -hmm. But one good moment was realizing that Jamil has stayed by my side through all of this. And it's so many times I have to think to myself, like, I don't know if I'm the crazy one or he's the crazy one because he stayed <laughs> by me through, you know, just the right. thick and thin. Um, and then we also have our magazine manager, Christina. Um, she is a graduate, if I'm not mistaken, dealer or Xavier. But that was really important to me to have a a graduate from my HBCU and she's re a recent graduate. So this is like her first real job, but it's been really great to just pour into her and see her grow, you know, more into her position. And then we have um, a lot of different other teams and just, uh, I guess I should also include that we have our live video segments now that has gotten to be really big for us. So we have a team of correspondents that do live segments online. And then we have our contributors who are our writers. And then we have our marketing team as well. So um, those are those teams. But then we also have our affiliate program. And with the affiliates, it's basically like um, they get a link, you know, they sign up and get a link that is customized for them. So say if they had another brand, like if you all wanted to do all things melanin, did I say it? all melanin? Mm -hmm. yeah, you say it right. <laughs> Okay, so and then you wanted to uh, add that behind the link so that it was still kind of tied into your brand. You could do that. And the thing is, you basically are promoting that link. I have um, materials in there that also include like video, just different types of comment content that you could use to promote the magazine issues. So we've only had the program. We haven't had it very long. So this is the first issue that we've tried it with, but it has been going really well. And then you receive two dollars for each. Um, off of each magazine that's sold and time I want to like as it grows I would like to be able to add some of the advertising packages onto it too so that you know you can receive commission from that also my whole thing is I believe that if we try to share even though we don't have a lot but if we share what we have you know right. then that's gonna help us as well like we continue to grow that way when people see that you're not just all about you I know that everybody's working 
on their own thing. Like everybody, even that I just called off, they have their own brand or they're working a day job or they're doing something else as well, you know? And I think that it's important to try to pour back into them because they didn't have to believe in my vision when they did. Right. That's amazing. I was just going to say real quick, I was going to say like everything you said, like that is so amazing. And uh, especially when you touched on like, it was really, really important for you you know, to reach back and help somebody else because you wish somebody would have reached and helped you. I think that is so important in today's world. And I think people underestimate um, that's how we all win. That's how we all get put on and that's how we all get better. So definitely thank you for sharing that. Yeah, um, and it, it definitely takes a village to make that happen and like bringing others along with you because you're making opportunities for other people. And right. that's that's amazing. So um, with that being said, what do you see or what do you want your legacy to be? Um, I think when I'm thinking of legacy, I would like for people, and I guess it isn't so much pertaining to uh, the magazine, but just for me as an individual, for one, I have been tagging my posts since I don't know when, at least like 2012 or so, fancy stops, because I feel like I'm leaving a digital footprint you know if you follow that hashtag you can just find you can see me evolve over the years so my legacy I think for one is that I would like for people to know that like to live life to the fullest I'm a big Mm -hmm. fan of Maya Angelou and I, I just I don't know I read her books when I was really young and I always kind of feel like so so much of her story resonates with mine, you know, even though back then, of course, I was a kid reading these books. But when I look back at situations in my life now, I'm like, you know what, we, we have that in common, too. And but what I loved about her is that she wasn't afraid to live. And that is one thing that I, you know, I really want to die knowing that I went after everything that I wanted, you know, at least if it was reasonable and a healthy decision, of course, but that's kind of the legacy that I would like to leave behind. And of course I have kids. So I really would wish that they would take an interest in the magazine um, and be able to continue it on. Even after me, I don't really know about that though. They seem to have interest elsewhere. So, (laughs) so I don't know about that one. That's that's perfectly fine. Everybody will find, you know, their way and what they want to, what they're interested in and what they want to do. Um, Did you always know that this was something that you wanted to do or was this something that you kind of discovered? Um, I think it was kind of a mixture of both. I always knew that I wanted to write. I really thought I'd be an author, but I also wanted to be an artist. So, and that's, that's again, like kind of like the beauty of what I do because I get to flex in between roles and do other things. Like I get to be creative all the time. The times mm-hmm. I have to sit down and really work are just, oh my gosh, it'd be so hard. My attention span is horrible. But <laughs> but I've trained myself, like, you know, or I, or I reward myself in little ways. Like, if you get this done, then you can do that. But I love what I do. I don't know if it's something that, you know, the magazine itself, I, I just can't quite say yes to that. But I was always, like, I admired the fact that Essence wasn't just a magazine, but they were also like the biggest black festival, you know, just seeing how people that's what I love and try to put into all my work. I try to put like a good vibe into it. So I love when I see people getting ready for the festival, you know, when we could do that and just the excitement that it brought about. And so um, whatever we do with the magazine, I try to make certain that I like for black people in particular, you know, to just really feel good about themselves. Like this is your moment to shine. We're just going to all be here, have a good time and read. <laughs> <or something. laughs> yes, that's amazing. 
And then in addition, you know, to your magazine, you know, and the media services and different things like that that you offer, you also did mention, and we mentioned in your bio, you know, that you also have a podcast series and Fox Podcast. So can you tell us kind of what inspired you, you know, to kind of join the podcast for Oh, so I've actually wanted, now that was one thing I really wanted for some years, but um, I was always kind of too afraid to just step out on my own and do that one, I guess because it was speaking, like I can write anything, but when it comes to speaking, that can scare me at times. And so um, having Anya there, like Anya's one of those people that's like, the minute you tell her, I want to do something, she's already like moving on to whatever the action steps are. And Mm -hmm. I'm one of those people that like to sit on things and be like, oh, well, let me see. Let me weigh this out. Let me write everything out. And it, we almost slept on the idea, but then because I felt like, okay, you told her you do this, then go ahead and do it. But I love it. You know, I love um, being able to speak because one thing I've noticed, like as much as I love writing, we don't love reading. So and that's just kind of, I don't even think it's just us as a black community, but just people in general, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. If, if I can be able to feed people knowledge and I have to do that verbally, then that's what I think I need to do. And so we just kind of stepped out there and it's been really good. Um, I think like one thing, we're still learning so many things, but I think a big part of it is that we do it just kind of like because we love it, you know, it's not so much um, as like, although we do have aspirations for it, but it is still like a work in progress because we both have other things going on. As you all see, like I almost forgot to mention (laughs) to mention it. But it is a still, you know, a very big part of my life. I guess I'm not even quite used to saying I'm a podcaster, to be honest. <laughs> it's like really just hit me. And that's what's cool about every about all of us right now is like we're multifaceted. Like we're not just in one thing. That's what Shelby and I always talk about. It's a lot of people want to put women, especially black women, in a box. This is what right. you can and cannot do. This is how far you can be successful. But really you can get out there and make something happen for yourself. And so that is what this whole entire segment is about. And we just thank you for joining us today because we really appreciate it. And it is it's so nice talking to you today. You've been so inspiring. And thank you all. Thank you for having me. Like, I enjoy being able to just, you know, I hope that my story reaches someone and inspires them. That's the whole purpose. That's why I always try to be so transparent. So, Yes, thank you. So y'all be y'all be sure to check her Swagger magazine out, subscribe to it, pick up a printed copy. Um, also check her out on Theories and Thoughts podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today, Fancy. Thank you all. You have a great evening. You too. Thank you. Let's move on to our next segment, which is Mentor Moment. This is where we'll read a listener letter that was submitted to us, and then we are going to um, give our advice on it. So the letter reads, Hi, Erica and Shelby. With the holidays coming up, I have a bit of a dilemma. I started a business venture with a friend about a year ago. When we first started, everything was great. We were both excited, doing the work, splitting things up evenly, progressing great in our business. In the last few months, things have changed. My friend isn't pulling her end of the weight. She's not communicating when she's needing help, and our brand is starting to lose traction. We've been best friends for over 10 years, and I'm really disappointed in how she's acting. How do I go about telling my friend I need her to do her part? You go first. Uh, just tell her, girl. <laughs> just 
<laughs> no, but really, um, if you if you have a foundation of a friendship, especially over ten years, right. I'm pretty sure there has been more dilemmas, you know, than this. But one thing I will say, friendship and business is very tricky. Um, you can't think that you can go into business with everyone that's your friend. Sometimes you won't end up being friends with that person because you went into business with them. You know right. what I mean? So I think that it definitely needs needs to be a conversation I definitely think you need to come with your um like don't don't come like accusatory of like well you're not doing this you're not doing that but come with a purpose of compromise like come with maybe one thing that Shelby and I do as partners and friends is like we make sure that we iron out what our each of our duties are Mm -hmm. um whether that be putting it on a calendar or just within our monthly meetings we make sure that you know each person knows what they're supposed to do um but also just come at her as a business partner but with the friend love you know because sometimes you got to just be fair in business and that's when there's like a fine line between well this is my friend so I don't want to say that she has to do this but if y'all supposed to be business partners she got to do it and um, it, otherwise, you'll end up resenting. And it's important that you savor the friendship first. If this is a business that's going to ruin and sever ties with you, with you and her after 10 years of friendship, it's probably not worth it. Um, so I would just say, you know, just go ahead and tell her, have the conversation, but come at, come at her with some empathy of like being her friend, but have a resolution of the duties. Right. Um, and I definitely agree with you. Um, I'm probably going to repeat everything you said, but I would definitely just say, um, I think especially when it comes to business, you have to be like upfront and honest. It's not all, I think, especially when money is involved, trademarks involved and all that stuff. I feel like you both made a commitment to do this business venture together. Um, so I think it's really important that you all communicate. I feel like you have to tell your friend how you're feeling and I would definitely just to piggyback off what Erica said, like come up with a plan, like come up with a schedule, come up with a calendar, come up with a order of checks and balances on how to check each other, how to back each other up and let your friend know, hey, if you need help, you need to let me know so I can help you. I'm your business partner. I'm supposed to help you. And I think that you probably more than likely just have to remind her of why you all started and just communicate and then also see how she's feeling because, you know, sometimes people go through things that they don't share with us. And I think sometimes when you have life happening to you, things tend to fall by the wayside or things tend to go unchecked. So I would definitely just, you know, first and foremost, do a mental, do a check-in with your friend, but then also bring it to her attention and, you know, don't make it like an attack session, but, you know, talk to her and then come up with a plan so that, you know, this won't be a regular thing, you know, going forward because maybe your friend thinks that she's, you know, doing fine. Maybe she thinks that there's nothing wrong. Maybe she thinks that she's pulling her weight. Like she don't know what she does. He or she don't know what she or she, she don't know. So I would definitely say the first step is communication, create a plan, and then, you know, go from there, have regular check-ins. Right. Yeah, it's challenging. It'll be challenging on both ends, the business venture and the friendship. Right. Um, as long as you have that, that plan in place, it should be smooth. So, yeah, don't be afraid to talk to her. So, 
Um, so yeah, if you guys have any questions like that that you want us to answer, send us an email at allthingsmelanintv at gmail.com or slide in our DMs on IG at allthingsmelanin underscore underscore. So we're leaving you with our words of encouragement for the day, and it comes from Joshua 1.9. Shelby, you want to read it? Yes, it says, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you with it, where the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So this all verse really hit home. Um, just because in my personal life right now, I have been feeling really discouraged and I have been, you know, just kind of weary of the unknown, what's to come. Um, to know me is to know that I'm a planner. To know me, to know me is that I like to have things a certain way. I like to have things plans. I'm not really a spur of the moment person. It's not my personality. Um, so especially with the weight of the world, I just feel like there are so many unknowns for me in my life. And it's so easy to lose hope. It's so easy to be discouraged. It's so easy to be afraid. But what I find is like when I get in those stages and I get in those ruts, sometimes it's hard for me to get out because I'm feeling kind of hopeless or I don't know where to go or I don't know what to turn. But I think for me, what has really, really encouraged me in this season and what has really, really helped me is that no matter where I am in my life, no matter if I'm in Dallas or if I'm in Kingston, Texas, no matter if I'm down on my luck or I win the lottery, God, I've seen what you've done for others, or I win the lottery, like God is with me in each and every these seasons. And like, I have a habit sometimes of feeling like really alone sometimes, especially like emotionally and mentally. Um, but this Bible verse really reminds me that no matter what stage I am in my life, no matter where I am physically or mentally, like God is literally there for me wherever I am, wherever I go. And it really encourages me to first and foremost, acknowledge that he's there, acknowledge that he's never going to leave me. He's never going to forsake me. He's always going to have my back. He's always going to love me. He's always going to cover me. He's always going to go before me. He's always going to do what he says he's going to do. And it just reminds me to just really rest in his presence and rest in knowing that no matter how I'm feeling in this world, no matter where I am in this world, no matter what I'm going through in this world, he is going to be the one constant that never leaves me, that never forsakes me, and that never just leaves me high and dry. Yeah, I, girl, I have like two words to add to that, <laughs> but it really is my, the most like comforting um, scripture you could read in something like this, because he's telling you to be strong and be courageous and don't be afraid, but we but that he knows that because as humans, we do get afraid. We do get discouraged. But he's basically just reminding you that he's with you wherever you are. So when you're walking into that business meeting or that and that you're intimidated, um, he's with you. He's right. there. He's actually already there before you got there. You know what I mean? So it's like he's already set out your steps. And so he knows that he knows the direction that you're going in and so it's like it's a way for you to trust and just when you when you change your thinking of okay God is is with me he's in front of me he's beside me he's behind me protecting me like it just adds so much comfort and um I probably need to read this all week so <laughs> that's what I'm gonna do <laughs> okay well I am gonna pray us on now if there's nothing new all right
Heavenly Father, we come to you as our mother we have, thanking you for each and every blessing that you have bestowed upon us. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for each and every person that has assembled to listen to this podcast. We pray that you would bless them. We pray that you would keep them. We pray that you would go before them. We pray that you would protect their families. We pray that you would cover their families. We pray that whatever they're worried about, whatever they're stressed about, that you would give them peace about, Lord Jesus. We pray that you would open new doors. We pray that you would present new opportunities. We pray that you would cover their families. We pray that you would cover their finances. We pray that you would cover their love life. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you would give them the peace and understanding that only you can give them. We pray that as they go forth in their life, that you will be with them, that you will stand with them, that you will wrap them in your love. We pray that you would know that they are loved, that they are valued, that they are matter. We pray that they would know that they have a purpose, Lord Jesus. We pray that they would put their faith and their hope in you. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you would just remind them that you love them, that you care for them, and that they are special and unique. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.